Okay, so if you know me, you know that I love what I do, and I'm a workaholic, so if I ever have a chance to get away, I can't go too far away without my kids and without being so far away from work. The Adelphi is my go-to. What's really great about the Adelphi is that it has everything you need. It's right there on Broadway. It has a restaurant. It's got the breakfast joint. It's got it all. And the room service is amazing. So last Christmas, we did Christmas Day night at the Adelphi. We booked the Polaris suite, which is really special because it has a hot tub on the balcony. And the kids loved it. It was so much fun. We ordered room service. And it was just like the most special thing. And again, it's got a jacuzzi. I mean, who doesn't want to use a jacuzzi at the Adelphi. If you don't have the opportunity to stay at the Adelphi, you can still go and hang out in their in their lobby or eat at their restaurants. The best sushi in town, by far, I believe is at the Adelphi. You should get the rainbow roll. You can thank me later. It's delicious. It's absolutely the bomb. If you are local and you need a night off or a night away, don't go too far. Go right there to the Adelphi. Book yourself a room, have dinner there, have breakfast in the morning, and you'll feel like a totally different person when you wake up. All the ideas aren't coming from the executive leadership team. It's coming from the frontline staff. So it's listening to people that have ideas about, okay, well, we've maybe always done it this way, but I'd love for you to consider doing something different. And then celebrating those ideas and bringing them forward. Welcome to Seriously Catherine, a podcast about taking your business seriously, but not yourself. This week's hot take, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm wearing my Disney gear. If anyone's going to Disney and you need some Disney gear, you come to my closet. I will hook you up. I got them all. I got the sweatshirts, got the shirts, I got the uh, the shoes, the headbands, you know, the Disney headbands. Okay, got them all for you. So there has been like a lot of um, movement and, and news coming out that they're remaking, they're making live action versions of Disney movies, which I am totally here for it. I just saw an interview with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and he announced, I think on Jimmy Fallon, that they are remaking Moana live action. And of course, he's going to be Maui. I'm super excited about this. The problem, though, is I think that it's too soon. Like, didn't Moana just come out? I like that the characters that play the characters are the real people. I like that. So that's like a nod to like, okay, we're good. But I don't like that it's so, 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 so soon. So the other ones that are coming out in March of 2024, Snow White. I feel like, hasn't this already been done? I don't know. I'm not looking forward to that one as much as I'm looking forward to Moana, but we got to wait until June of 2025 for that. So Cruella in 2021 was really good. We saw that in the movies and then and Posey and Ruby still like watch it. I loved it. It was such a good one. It, and Emma Stone was amazing. I loved it. And um, let's see, Aladdin. I don't know if we, oh, Aladdin with Will Smith played the genie. So is like Robin Williams. And I just, I just like think... They shouldn't have touched it. Yeah, like, why why make Pinocchio? Why make Dumbo? These are not things that we need to see and relive. The 101 Dalmatians, is that one with Glenn Coase? Yeah, that one was good. That one's good. Oh, 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 oh. Hercules. Hercules is coming out. Live action Hercules. And it's going to be Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. I mean, Emma Watson, she did an amazing job. It's tough, like movies that you grew up with that they remake, you have such a 
like loyalty and such a relationship with these movies and the actors and the voices. So it's like you don't want it to be botched. We're going down a rabbit hole. Listen, I would love to hear what you guys say. Like comment or send me a direct message or something. Like I'm, are people as opinionated about this as I am? I don't know. I'm sure there, I'm sure there are. That's what I have to say about that. Okay, guys, this week from Saratoga Living, I got my email from After Hours and it mentioned uh, Kevin Costner. So, of course, I clicked on it because, I mean, I think Kevin Costner's hot. He's, like, old guy hot. And I also have, like, opinions about this because some people are like, oh, my God, he's so old. But, like, I think when I think Kevin Costner, I think, like, Dancing with Wolves, Kevin Costner, the bodyguard, Kevin Costner. Anyway, he is a co-founder, part owner of this app called Autio. Autio, it's A-U-T-I-O. That's the name of the app. And it's this app where it's, like, built for road trippers. So you can join the app and then when you're driving through the Adirondacks or the Capital Region or Saratoga Springs, you can click on stories and it'll tell you about the area that you're road tripping in, which I think is pretty cool. So this area is so historic. There's so many stories. So they're essentially giving us some homework to go in and submit stories of our area. The stories have to be between 350 and 450 words. I mean, and think about like these gotta be, the, these stories have to be useful information for someone road tripping. So something that like would be interesting to hear. I think ghost stories are super interesting to hear. So and we know we got a lot of those because of the battlefield and the Adirond. I mean, there's so many stories in this whole area. I mean, we're we are where it was happening back in the day. So lots of stories I'm sure are gonna come through the woodwork and they might be picked up by this app so that when your people are road tripping through the capital region and Saratoga, your story might be narrated, not by Kevin Costner, but by the app and I think that's pretty cool so you should submit your stories and also I just really wanted to take this opportunity to talk about Kevin Costner and how I just think that he is so dreamy and he's now like the big star of Yellowstone which I did recently start watching so like please no one ruin it for me I'm really only in season two like the beginning of season two oh my god but I'm I mean I just like love Kevin Costner okay so Kevin Costner is on record saying that Autio is the biggest or could be the biggest thing he's ever been part of. And I mean, come on, man. Don't don't discredit everything that you have done up until this point. Okay. I think I think Yellowstone's probably the biggest thing that he's done. But old school people might disagree. I mean, Dancing with Wolves was oh, amazing. This week's guest on Seriously Catherine is Jill Van Curen, and she is the CEO of our local community hospital, Saratoga Hospital, and I'm so excited to hear her experience moving to Saratoga and uh, and hear what she's got going on. So let's get into it. You're the newer, newest CEO at Saratoga Hospital, and so you came on right after COVID, but obviously still dealing with a lot of the COVID impacts. And also, and correct me if I'm wrong as far as timeline goes, was the merger already with Albany Med, Med that you came in on or you sort of had to manage that as well? So that happened before I came in. Okay. And it's kind of a nuance. It's not a merger. It's an affiliation. So we're still uh, a wholly owned local entity in partnership with Albany Med. Okay. So what does that mean? And how is that different than before there was an affiliation? 
So the affiliation is a partnership as opposed to a merger being all of the assets coming together and control shifting mm -hmm. to the centralized group. Yeah. So that would be similar to you know other organizations where they're controlled by uh, a common leadership board, typically outside of the state that you live in. Okay. Um, we still have a local board that uh, is the authority over our particular hospital and all of its ambulatory services. So I report to the board, not to Albany Men. Got it. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and like we have an affiliation at Palette. It's a reciprocity with other co-working spaces. So it's a partnership and you have to sort of like, you know, your missions and values are aligned and you can sort of like piggyback off each other when you need extra resources or Absolutely. expertise. And it goes both ways, right? One of the big benefits of being part of the system is that collaboration. So we can have a common electronic medical record, and that's a big focus for us this year. We can purchase services together. We can purchase supplies together. We can negotiate with insurance companies as a group. Oh, cool. So that's the, the biggest positive aspect. We can also share resources with physicians who can collaborate amongst the different affiliate hospitals and kind of move within our, within our organization more smoothly. Yeah. Because we have some common practices, common protocols just a different way of working together. Yeah, well, I think it's a better way too. I mean, I think when, and I would love to hear your perspective because you are a transplant like I am, right? We are not from the area and yeah. sometimes it can be sort of hard to tap into a community that is so close knit. But one thing that I noticed when I moved to Saratoga is this sort of like, um, divide, division between these different entities. And I think it, that was 12 years ago. It's coming along and people are starting to work together and different, you know, cities and counties are starting to collaborate. But it was sort of tough early on. And something I recognize that there's a lot of pride in each of these little cities and neighborhoods that we have in the capital region. And how do we start to work together and demonstrate collaboration and think of ourselves more of a region than these different cities in upstate New York? And I think having leaders like the hospitals working together certainly sort of helps that along and, and then other people will follow suit. I think that transition from competitor to collaborator is transformational for us. So when we look at a decade or so ago, when we were all trying to compete for the same market share for the same business. That can be difficult, particularly in small communities. Working together, our focus shifts from competition amongst each other to how can we work together better to provide what the community needs. Yeah. And that is a management of resources that's absolutely paramount at this particular time when our resources are even more constrained. Our reimbursements are declining. Our expenses are increasing. So duplication just can't happen. We yeah. need to have a laser focus on efficiency and effectiveness to be what the community needs us to be. Yeah. And just like a, the notion that like there's enough for all of us, the whole region. I mean, more people are moving to this area than ever before. And mm -hmm. we're we're a real beacon of light, in my opinion, um, for the state that it, it's a great place to live. It's a great place to work. We do have jobs. We have good quality of life. And there's enough for everybody, you mm -hmm. know. So granted, if I'm living in Saratoga Springs, I'm probably not, you know, going to go to Albany Med to get care, right? I'm going to be right here in Saratoga. But there's certainly ways that we can sort of collaborate and support each other mm -hmm. and, and spread the wealth, if you will. And our goal is if you need to go to Albany Med, that that transition is smooth. Yeah. That your information travels with you, that there's communication between the Saratoga physicians and the Albany Med physicians, and that we're always on the same page together. Yeah. As we grow and mature, bringing more of those resources here to Saratoga is the goal so that you don't have to travel as far. Yeah. Um, and you can 
can stay home and, and age in place and live and thrive in the community that you've chosen to live in. Yes, I love it. Okay, so let's switch gears and talk more about what drew you to the area. Obviously, were, were you looking for a job or were you poached? Um, kind of a combination <laughs> of both. Excellent question. Um, I was really looking for a community feel. Where I came from, Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area, there's no shortage of hospitals, right? But there is a shortage of community connection. When you live in large cities and in large metropolitan areas with you know, 17 hospitals within 15 miles, your dedication to a, a smaller geography doesn't really exist. So I was living more than an hour away from the hospital that I was running at the time, you know, serving on boards, working late into the evening, but I didn't live where I was serving. Mm. And I wanted to change that. Yeah. I really wanted to be a big part of the community, to live, work, and play in the same area. And when I, I came to Saratoga, I fell in love with it. I didn't think places like this existed anymore. I'll never forget the, I, the way that I described it to like my parents and my in-laws and stuff was like, r just picture a Norman Rockwell painting. Mm -hmm. And that's where we live now. <laughs> so it's truly, it's truly. just like the main, like Broadway, that main street USA sort of feel. It's yeah. like so quintessential. And like, I agree. It's, and also coming, I'm from New Orleans. So coming from a community like that, that is so high need under resourced. Mm -hmm. I mean, the issues are endless there to move to a community like this, where it's like, okay, the the issues are not endless and there's there's just like a, a shorter gap to fill, right? Mm -hmm. And there's opportunity to be engaged in the community and involved in sort of the evolution of the community as it moves into the future. So that mm -hmm. that's what was really exciting when I got here. I thought like, wow, there's a place for me. And there's something to do for everybody. You, If you're a hiker, a biker, a, a, a naturalist, you have that. If you're really interested in racing, that's here as well. The arts are prolific in yeah. this city. Yeah. And that that really drew me uh, as well. Both of my my sons are musicians and they're into theater. And you know, to live in a place that has all of the natural beauty, but also all the opportunity that they were looking for was just a perfect balance for us. So and then the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about was um, so I read. Well, I've had all three babies at. Saratoga Hospital. I remember when I was pregnant with um, with Posey, people were like, oh, well, you know, you should go to Bellevue or, you know, we're going to do this instead. I'm like, why would anybody, why would you go anywhere else than, than the hospital right around the corner? You know, so I got amazing care. All my deliveries and pregnancies, that whole experience was completely uneventful, mm -hmm. you know, which is a good thing when you're having a baby, like there was no emergency C-section or any of that mm -hmm. stuff. But I did just almost die in August. And I'm so grateful that I got to the hospital on time and, and, and in the nick of time. And I was so well taken care of. And I was just like blown away. You know, it's like one of those things that you never hope you need to lean on. But man, am I glad that I had just like this amazing hospital right around the corner. And I was taken seriously. Like that was another thing I was sort of concerned about. And I think it did sort of play in my head when I was you know, going through that experience, like, oh, I don't need to really go to the hospital. Like no one, no, they might send me away and I'm still just like in the same boat. I'm in, you know, so none of that happened. Mm -hmm. They they listened, they took care of me. I mean, it was just an, an amazing experience. And that's the heart of who we are in Saratoga. That's the mantra of the staff. You know, we treat everybody that walks through our door like family. We have the full spectrum of services, anything that you need. Like we're truly here for everything, whether we can provide it locally or we can connect you to the services, you know, beyond the the confines of Saratoga, that's what we pride ourselves on. And that when you come in, you feel validated, you're understood, everything that you need is provided for you. Yeah. It's done in a in a very familial type of way. 
Right? Yeah, well, it's your neighbors, right? Like, Absolutely. I might see these people in the future, like, you know, walking around. And the other, like, kind of, like, cherry on top for me was, well, so I'm a weirdo. I'm like, I was just so happy to to be there. And it was so quiet and peaceful, like, unlike my house. And, like, someone made sure I got fed. And I was like, this is just amazing. You know, like, some people were like, oh, can't wait to get out of the hospital. But I'm not that person. I'm like, I love it. Bring me another, you know, meatloaf. I was like, I was Jello, like, just right? happy. Yeah. The one thing you really look forward to in a hospital is a hospital jello. <laughs> I love the food, the cafeteria food. But then also, this woman, her name is Marcy. I can't think of what her last name is, but she came in like the last day that I was there. And she was like a chaplain or, a so yeah. I guess, a social worker for the hospital. And she sat with me for like an hour just talking about like, I mean, I almost died. And like people do die of what I had an ectopic pregnancy and had to do emergency surgery. I thought I was dehydrated. And, you know, of course, like, no, we're bringing you to surgery in the next 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, gosh, maybe I should call my husband and let him know that I've been at the hospital for a couple of hours. And now. he was out of town, right? He was out of town. Yeah, he was working um, in Plattsburgh at the time. What ended up happening was she showed up at the door thinking like she just saw a name, didn't know who I was, but then recognized me because our kids went to pre-K together. Oh. So, you know, it's just one of those things like we live in this really small town mm -hmm. and everybody knows everybody. Um, and, you know, so you might see that as like a negative, but I see it as a positive. Mm -hmm. Like everyone is your neighbor. Everyone is really thoughtful of how they're treating each other, um, you know, for the most part. But I think it's about building relationships, right? When you have yes. a community hospital, community hospitals are based on trust. Yeah. That you need to understand the services that we provide, of course, but you have to trust that you're going to be cared for mm -hmm. respectfully, that you're going to get everything that you need. And earlier when you said, why would anybody go somewhere else to deliver their baby? That's ex that's exactly the point. Why would you go somewhere else when you can access those services here and know that you'll be treated very, very well and have that, that extra cherry on top, which is that community relationship, that you're being cared for by people that have a vested interest in this community? Yeah. So let's talk about you taking over. And I think this would resonate with a lot of listeners who are women who are trying to, you know, level up in their career or their business, you know, taking on, you know, the the goal or the challenge to come into a small, close-knit community, mm -hmm. the new CEO of the hospital, the previous uh, CEO was there for 17 years. So talking about relationship building and sort of like fostering, continuing or strengthening those relationships mm -hmm. that were already there intact. I mean, did you see or experience a lot of like, like, oh my gosh, who is this person coming in? Or, you know, feeling like, you know, like just I would love for you to just sort of share that experience. What gives you the the knack to like take on a challenge like that? Well, I think you have to respect the past, understand it, and acknowledge it. So one of the things that um, was really pervasive in my interview is that they really wanted me to, to know how important our culture was to the organization, to the community to the frontline staff, and that I needed to understand that component. And a lot of that has to do with the, the prior leadership team. And what I was coming into, it wasn't just Angelo's departure. The entire executive team was turning over because they were around the same age. They had Many of them had postponed their retirements because of COVID. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know many leaders that would, would leave in the middle of a crisis, right? None of them did, but it was time. So I was coming into an organization that, that was very well run, very well structured, a huge you know, figure in this community. But I was also coming into a major time of change with leadership turnover and the environment is changing. Our whole reimbursement structure really had been kind of turned upside down. We had 
faced losses, financial losses for the first time in, in more than a decade. Those are difficult situations to handle. And it looks like, okay, everybody turned over and then we started to lose money. It really had nothing to do with that. It was the environment you know, post-COVID that yeah. every leader across the country in healthcare was faced with. So it's difficult to explain that, but I think it's a testament to this community and to the, the frontline staff that, that make up Saratoga Hospital that we've been able to face it together and come out on the other end of this transition year. Yeah. I feel in a stronger place moving forward. Yeah. And how, like, as far as leadership qualities go, and, ex and, and again, in your experience, how do you sort of like rally the troops, if you will, to move into the future? There's going to be change. There's going to be different mm -hmm. styles of communication, perhaps. Um, you know, how do you actually do that? You know, it just seems like, um, you know, I'm sure you're getting a lot of like, well, that's not how we did it. That's not he did it. That's not, sure. that's not how, it's, how it's been done before. Mm -hmm. And I, that to me, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, game on. I mm -hmm. mean, we're going to we're going to show you how it's going to be done now. And there's a different way and there's changes. Good sort of thing. But how do you um, how do you sort of like strategically retain the people who want to be part of that change and bring everyone mm -hmm. into the future? It's engaging people. Right. All the ideas aren't coming from the executive leadership team. It's coming from the frontline staff. So it's listening to people that have ideas about, okay, well, we've maybe always done it this way, but I'd love for you to consider doing something different. And then celebrating those ideas and bringing them forward. And it is all about communication. You can't say something once. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way, yeah. right? So when we look at you know facing challenges, it's openly discussing them having a, a transparent culture. So there's there's nothing that that we're hiding, right? These are our challenges. These are the financial situation. These are you know, post-COVID challenges that we have to meet together. And I don't have all the answers. Yeah. No one person does. It's building collaborative teams. It's promoting from within. It's understanding the balance between how things have always been done and what market forces bring to bear. Yeah. Coming from outside of the community, I've had different experiences. It's tapping into those different experiences and adjusting them, saratogaizing them <laughs> to make them work for us. Yeah. And would you say, I mean, to me, that doesn't sound like your typical uh, ego-driven leader that I think a lot of us have experience with, you mm -hmm. know? So I I believe that being a woman leader is a skill set, is, mm -hmm. is like a strength. So I'd like to sort of like hear your... Uh, take on what it's like to be a woman in a predominantly male, male-dominated. You, you actually the one who told me this. Like, what's the statistic about like? There's like 200 of your positions in the country. So, what, you, what is that? You know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. When you look at the <laughs> leadership portfolio in all of the hospitals, you know, across the United States, there's less than a third, and that's probably being generous that are run by women, or even have females on the executive team. So it is um, a growing challenge or an opportunity for women to take the helm, but it's often a male-driven position. And it's often a doctor? More and more. Um, the position is held by a physician with a, usually a strong non-clinical chief operating officer. Okay. If you look at the training, I think there's space for both. Um, when you have a physician leader, having a, a very strong business partner at the helm is really important because it is a it is a business. You're running a multi-million dollar entity. And I think there is that that dyad collaboration is very important. 
when a physician takes the helm, it's important that they have some sort of a, a business background, whether it be an MBA or an MHA, that they've gone back to school. They typically do that. Yeah. It's it's challenging, yeah. right? It's kind of two different sides of the brain. Well, and it's like what, what you went to school for to be a doctor may not be like what you end up doing if you're the CEO of a hospital. And we see that with our frontline staff. If you look at promotion opportunities within our uh, our clinical realm, just because you're a fantastic nurse doesn't mean you'll be a, a great nurse manager without training. Right. So one of the things that I, I bring to the table is that that training component that I'm not going to just put you into the deep end of the pool and say, swim. Now you need to learn how to manage a budget, hire staff, give great performance reviews, yeah. you know, build a wonderful schedule. Well, that doesn't happen overnight. You don't just wake up and have those leadership skills. We need to help train our team. So one of the things that I started when, when I came in is leadership retreats. Mm -hmm. Time for us to spend together to do focused training and also get to know each other in a different way so that we can be a stronger team. And I think part of that, I think, is being a woman and understanding that bond of the family is one of the skill sets that we bring as, as female leaders is having a little bit of a different approach to that, that style of teaching, training, and supporting people, meeting them where they are, understanding their gaps, filling them so that they can be successful. Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, retention and, and burnout, I think are big issues in the healthcare industry. Like I, I know, I, you know, I have a cousin who is nurse, but a manager and is, she's so burnt out. It's like she's the turnover of nurses is high and it's it's hard to keep everyone so you know happy in, a, in, a, in that industry. It's just so emotionally hard um, and challenging, long hours. So how are you sort of combating? that. And, and I know another thing, too, is, you know, why be a nurse at Saratoga Hospital when you can be a travel nurse and make, you know, so much more money, right? It, or that's at least the messaging that I've been getting. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you how do you keep everyone sort of like spirits high in such an industry and, and lifestyle mm -hmm. that's so stressful? Connection to purpose, loving what you do, loving the people that you do it for, and having that community commitment is what makes us different, right? living, working, and playing in the same place. You're a travel nurse, you're traveling. You are typically taking the worst assignment in every hospital that you're brought to. That was the tradition of travel nursing. The game changer that happened post-COVID is that the demand for agency nurses was so high that people were starting to travel within their own communities. So you're living and sleeping in your same bed, your kids are still going to the same school when you're mm -hmm. taking that position you were traveling within 50 miles of your own home. That is very disruptive to our teams. When you have somebody that you know that they're sleeping in their own bed every night, but they're making more money than you, yeah, that's difficult to get your head around, right? It's difficult to, to be giving that 100% every time. And it's, it's hard to say, well, how can the hospital afford to pay that person so much more, but not me? Mm -hmm. The answer for that is not allowing people to do that anymore. Yeah. So we've actually implemented uh, that softly over the past year where we were selectively not choosing people that are you know, living in the same community and, and having them be agency nurses. Yeah. So we now require you to be at least 50 miles away. Away, okay. Um, or not living within the 12 counties surrounding yeah, the yeah. Med health system. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about work ethic. So for me, 
I really love what I do. I enjoy going to work every day. And, you know, so it's difficult for me to take a step back and take a break. How do you, how do you, like, you know, you move to the area and you like all these really amazing things you can be doing. Like, are you actually doing them? <laughs> are you just working all day, every day? I do work a lot, <laughs> but a big part of this job also is getting out into the community and understanding you know, why do people love it here? So I've had an opportunity to go to SPAC, you know, a few times. I saw my first race, you know, at, at this uh, this summer, which was wonderful. I'd never really experienced horse racing before. Yeah, it's wild, isn't yeah, it? Like I'll, how crazy people are over horse racing. It was a world I didn't know existed. Yeah. But it, it is a lot of fun. I have tremendous respect for what it means to, to Saratoga. I've gotten out a little bit, hiking, biking, doing things like that. I do feel responsible for the ski season last year because I bought skis <laughs> and I never got out. I think the weather just wasn't conducive. And this year I bought ice skates. So that's that's why the lakes haven't frozen yeah, over. Yeah, that's why we're having such I, a weird yeah, winter. I was all in on winter sports and it's just not happening. <laughs> you know, the weather's been wonky. I mean, even mm -hmm. down in New Orleans yesterday, they canceled school because it was so cold. And guess how cold it was? It was 30. like 30, 30. <laughs> They canceled, they canceled for yes, they wow. canceled school yesterday and I think today, too, because the weather is so, so cold. I was talking to my, my cousin the other day who lives in Texas, and it was colder there than it was here. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it's not weird. It's science. And it's like Absolutely. the world, the globe is changing, you know. Mm -hmm. So let's chat about like what's next. What's what is next for the hospital? So I was really excited to see Wolver's celebrating 100 years of making, not making babies, having babies, <laughs> delivering them. babies, delivering them. celebrating the making of babies yeah. of 100 years. That's crazy. So the years. hospital, just that division? Just that one extension of, of our campus. So we built a new building to support the ever-growing population in Saratoga. It happened about 100 years ago. And the, the cool part of it for me was that that particular facility, much like the hospital itself, its origins were started by a group of women that were caring for you know, the population here in Saratoga and fundraised and collaborated. And the whole hospital came from that need, right? So did the, the mother baby unit. So it was a, a collaboration with our flower and fruit mission, which still exists today. Yes, uh, I love that. Luncheon is like my favorite. It's such a good kickoff, I think, to like the season of events. It's a beautiful event. It is really beautiful. It's you know, it's so cool to see. It's just like, I think it's probably like 150, 200 women mm -hmm. with beautiful hats. Beautiful hats. In Hollis Springs. I, I bought my first hat last year for that event. I love it. It was very large. I went you all can, in. You can also buy a hat there. They usually have hats there. If you, so if you get there, because I think it can, sometimes it can be intimidating. I remember a couple of years ago, my friend was like, I am not going to that event. It's just too much. It's just like all those women. And I'm like, oh my God, you you can just, it's so much fun. You sit with the, ran you can sit with people you know, or sit with random, mm -hmm. random people, which, you know, turn out to be friends, but. Because it's a small town. It's a small town. <laughs> Chances are high you are going to sit with people you know. And um, you can buy a hat there. They And then they sell flowers there. Mm -hmm. I killed the orchid that I got. But I can't keep orchids alive. Those are, they're just, they're finicky. I can't keep plants alive. So I'm with I can't keep children alive. <laughs> that's good. Isn't that yeah, enough? That's that's good. That's really <laughs> the most important thing. Yes. That's the most important. Yes, exactly. So, so anything else going? Because that, that, is it that unit got a huge renovation just it was, the last couple of years? Yep. We've been renovating it uh, over time. So it's it's really quite lovely. So I should have another baby. 
I'm, I am not going to take the blame for that one, but <laughs> you should if you want to. Do you think it's really important for your boys to see you like kicking ass and taking names and like being like the big dog in this town, like at the hospital? Like you're the boss. They definitely have a, a wonderful sense of pride. But watching me do this, they both said, Mom, we really love what you're doing, but we don't want to do it. <laughs> you work too hard. Um, but they're extremely supportive and they're very artistic and creative kids. They do things kind of in their in their own way, but they enjoy being part of this town as well. You know, it's a big deal to to transplant your children. Yeah. What I say you know, to my kids, and, and they'll, they'll say it back to me, we know we're here because they've always known that this was my dream, to be a CEO in a community, and I've achieved it, and I'm loving every single day. So I think that's that's part of being a parent is, is setting goals. Showing your kids that you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to, but it's not without sacrifice. Right. And they've made sacrifices for me and I for them. So it's it's not just my dream. It becomes kind of the family dream. And they're they're very proud of what we've accomplished together. And they now see that example of there's nothing that they can't do. Yeah. They're, they'll be equally supported by by our family as they grow and mature on their own journey. But it's their journey, right? It's what they choose to do. And the message is communicate it, ask for help, set your goals high. And and when you focus on them, they can happen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living it. I love that. This is what I've always wanted to do. And then do you feel like once you've accomplished the goal, like for me, I just keep moving the, the mile mark or the goalpost. I just mm -hmm. keep moving that goalpost. For you, are you content? Do you feel like, okay, I'm here now and now I can just be the best version of this I can? That's when the fun starts. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, when I look at you know, the longevity of this position. It's, it's what will you know, the next decade bring under the leadership of the team that I've built. What will we do? What will Saratoga look like five years, 10 years from now? And that's that's the structure that we're building. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it is an exciting time. As Saratoga continues to grow, I guess the partnerships with these other hospitals mm -hmm. is so important because you know, the hospital really is basically downtown. There's mm -hmm. not really more buildings you can build, right? I mean, it's like we you can, can improve actually. on what you have. Yeah. So tell us about that. So there's strength in having ambulatory services close to the hospital. There's a lot of synergies with that. So we would like to expand uh, our ambulatory footprint. So our outpatient services, that is really where you know, the, the need is right now. When you look at the use of hospital beds, it's usually more of the, the high-end services, uh, secondary, tertiary care, things that you really need to be in an inpatient setting for. Okay. Um, a lot of the services have moved to outpatient. And that proximity to other resources is really important. So we would like to expand on our campus. That is our intention to do so. But we also have wonderful locations in Wilton, the fantastic multi-specialty center down in Malta that okay. has opportunity to grow as well. So it's not just one footprint. It's really the network that we're building and that network that we're building that connects to Albany Med as well. Yeah, it's convenient. We have more than 40 locations um, in different buildings throughout throughout the community and, and beyond, not just in the in the city, but out in the county. I don't want to build another medical office building. I want to build something that we call the Center for Successful Aging. So it's collaborative services that come together to meet the needs of our aging population. And when you look at Saratoga in particular, who's moving to Saratoga? It's people that are 
nearing retirement that are selectively choosing that this will be their home? Mm -hmm. And what resources do we need to make that process of aging more successful, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to live their life by their calendar of doctor's appointments. Because it's not just the person going to those th appointments, it's the, the family members that are accompanying you as well. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to do is make that transition easier. Yeah, I like that too. The, the way to do that is to bring collaborative services together, to bring our wonderful new EMR to bear. And you think, well, why is it so important to have a combined electronic medical record? When all of your data is in the same place, that makes that collaboration a lot easier. It makes appointment scheduling a lot easier. Could you imagine actually having maybe three appointments on one day, having your lab work and your imaging work done before you see your physician, having your a loved one accompany you and only have to take a half a day off of work instead yeah. of three half days you know, within a month? That can happen with the systems that we're, that we're putting together. So it's less about an office building and more about a transformational system of care that is now possible because of all of the work that we've been doing over the past decade. Yeah, I love this. I'm so excited. I'm excited to age successfully in Saratoga. Yeah. <laughs> so how can, if patients do want to share a good experience or bad experience, mm -hmm. um, how can they do that? A couple of different ways. Um, you can recognize a provider through our foundation. We have a mechanism to do that. We also send out surveys frequently to capture your your experience, um, or you can just work right, right through your office, you know, that recognition of, of saying thank you, you know, is it goes such a long way with our staff. Um, any letter that comes to me, I do personally respond and we share those letters with the staff. I read them at board meetings. It's, it's really a nice moment to, you know, to share, share that, that gratitude, as well as if there's an issue, we talk about how we've solved it as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so thank much you. for being here and, um, and stay tuned. We'll do some more stuff together. I love it. All right, cool. All right, moms and dads, I got a parenting hack for you and it's called the Hoffman Car Wash. If you are a member of the Unlimited Car Wash Club, you're in for a real treat because you can go for free, essentially, if you're paying the monthly fee. I don't know if we're doing any girl math or mom math here, but you pay the fee and you can go get a car wash as many times as you want. And it's one of those things that's like a multifaceted experience. If I'm with the kids, they love to ask the car guy, like if he can draw a little design on the window, they always play ball. They always do something fun. And then we go on through the car wash and it's almost like this thing comes over my kids. Like they're not psychopaths when we leave the car wash. It's like some sense of like therapy for them. Also form of therapy when I am by myself and I need to go to the car wash because it's the only place I can scream out loud with no judgment. So if you are not already a member of the Unlimited Car Wash Club at Hoffman, you are missing out on a treat. This week's facepalm mom moment is unique because I actually traveled this weekend to go home without the kids, as you know, from last week, I told you guys, and it was lovely. I had so much fun just like being on the airplane by myself and just having so much like alone time. It was blissful. And I'm actually going back in two weeks to ride in a Mardi Gras parade with my friends. So while I was down there for, for this like one reason, I also went to the Pelicans game, New Orleans basketball Pelicans game with my friend Brittany. I have never been to a Pelicans game, so I was super excited excited to go. They lost. But that night meant that I had to sleep at Brittany's house. And <laughs> Brittany's just got a lot going on. She's got two yappy dogs. She's got actual pig as a pet that lives in their house. 
She has these two little boys. She's got a husband. She's got a job. She's like kicking ass, taking names. She's doing a lot of stuff. You think I'm busy? She's busy. Okay. But so my whole my whole moment was like, how is it that I traveled by myself, like without my children? And then I ended up sleeping at Brittany's house on our couch. And Ender woke up, woke me up and it was like jumping on top of me, like, come play Nintendo with me. So I had so much fun with him and I played Nintendo with him. I beat him tw- two out of three. Oh, my God. Boys are so much different than girls. Like the energy, like the the intensity, the energy, like that, like he was like a pinball machine. And I felt like my head was on a swivel just keeping up with him. So as much as I loved being away from my girls and I ended up spending time with a lot of kids anyway. And, you know, it's not it's not like a this or that. It's just a different and it's different energy. And anyway, I was just like happy to be home. And and I get to see them all again in two weeks because I'm going back to ride in a Mardi Gras parade. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you want to connect with me, slide into my DMs on Instagram. My handle is Katherine Hover.